The Baptist and the Buddhist, identical twin brothers with two vastly different faiths. Join them as they explore their respective religions and how they differ and how they relate. Same DNA, different religions. Hey, everyone. Hey, everybody. This is the Baptist and the Buddhist with Mark and Brian. And you are listening to a brand new episode. We haven't been recording lately. Uh, some episodes, but we decided to bring you a brand new episode. We're really excited for this one. This is such a cool, cool opportunity, cool episode. Yeah, because, you know, we've been on other podcasts before as the interviewee, but this time we're going to be the interviewer, and we are interviewing someone. We're bringing someone in on the podcast to talk to us about something. Yes, we are interviewing Sachi Adiri Weera about his upcoming graphic novel entitled Enlightened, a drama, a, an adaptation of the story of the Buddha's life and enlightenment. So we are bringing him in, um, and uh, he's going to tell us about it. We have we have some questions for him that he will answer. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, guys. It is. It is. But before that, if you guys want to reach out to us or find us everywhere on the internet, we are YouTube, Facebook, uh, I was going to say LinkedIn, but we're not there, uh, Instagram, yeah. Twitter, um, anywhere you can log in besides, besides LinkedIn, we're there. <laughs> Um, so shoot us a message, like, subscribe. If you want to leave us a review, feel free. You don't have to, uh, but we would like it anyways. We just got we just got one comment on our Baptist versus Buddhist video, um, and uh, what 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 did they say, Brian? Yeah, first remember. first of all, if you haven't seen the Baptist versus the Buddhist video, you should. It's pretty pretty ridiculous, um, but. Uh, we got a comment from Outcrop Audio, and they say, You guys are practicing the real thing. Really admire this. And a smiley face. So that's our new tagline, practicing the real thing. But yeah, check out that video. Thank you for that comment. Uh, that was very kind. I, we're touched. Yeah, we really appreciate that. Yeah, so go check out that person's comment on our YouTube video. <laughs> Baptist versus Buddhist. And really, before we even start the interview, I think um, Sashi could make a graphic novel of our video. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so I know he's going to be seeing this, and we didn't record this part with him. So, um, And also, I do want to apologize to our viewers, and especially our listeners, for the poor quality of my audio. My equipment is ancient and is apparently ending its life very soon. So, um, so pour one out for for my uh, for my box, <laughs> for my audio box. It happens. Impermanence, yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh. yeah, and usually I won't. I'm not going to ask for donations for new equipment, but somehow I'll find new equipment. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. There's no way you guys can even give, like, donate anyway. So 
unless you find our address. Or I mean, Baptistandbuddhist at gmail.com. I was going to say <laughs> email address to Baptistandbuddhist at gmail.com. Um, yeah. I think that would that covers it from, from my business end. <laughs> uh, yeah, not much going on in my world except being really busy, too busy to podcast apparently, both of us. Yeah, um, and I don't, to be honest, I don't see a lot of podcasting in the near future, so, but there, we, we I might be able to squeeze in one yeah, in a <clears throat> In about a month, yeah, in about a month, I'm actually going to Chicago for the 130th anniversary uh, of the Parliament of World Religions. Oh, so Brian might, even even if it has to be an, a solo episode, produce one and send it out and to like make a video documentary too we need some more video oh that's a good idea <laughs> yeah exactly that's what i thought yeah so watch out for something about that because i'm i'm looking forward to it dude yes so yeah without further ado we will jump into the interview with, with sachi all right well welcome to the baptist and the buddhist sachi all right thank you for having me yeah he is welcome yeah, I've been looking forward to this. Nice. Exciting. Looking forward to answering some questions to talk about the book yeah. and, of course, having a good time. Yeah, so would you want to introduce yourself uh, for anyone who might not know who you are? All right. I'm Sachi. Uh, I'm a graphic novelist slash designer, former filmmaker from Sri Lanka. And currently, I've got a new book about the Buddha, a graphic novel coming out on September 26th from Athenium, uh, from Simon Schuster. And currently, that's the next project that I'm sort of, uh, that I just wrapped up. Other than that, I'm known for doing comic book covers, variant covers, so to speak, and of course, design in general. Awesome. That is awesome. And when when Brian first told me about uh, this book, um, I happened to be visiting him uh, when we, when he got a hard copy, and so oh, yeah. I I got to fly through it. Um, like I got halfway through it on a drive to, back to our parents' house, so it was like really such a good read. Like, oh man, it flowed so nicely. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And Brian, uh, go ahead and show the camera what book uh, we are talking about. We are talking about enlightened. And there's so much good to say about this. This was, as Mark said, the, the, the story just flowed and a beautiful, beautiful art. I love the, the blue and the orange artwork. Uh, it's just, it, it's just so my camera can't do it justice, but just beautiful, beautiful stuff. So the subject of this this conversation is that book itself and um man i i know we have some questions and i had some questions just like the uh, i didn't even plan on uh by you just showing th those pages um so where do we want to start with this like what is this oh, wow. what exactly is this book about sachi like what like what's the premise for anyone that doesn't know what it's about all right so um uh, it's an adaptation of the life of Siddhartha Gautama, who is the founder of Buddhism. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's as a direct translation of his life, which is from historical texts. It's very much an adaptation. It's a story that I feel 
I want to tell in my way. So that's that was the whole uh, point of me starting this project back when I pitched this uh, to, the, to my agent and to my publishers. Uh, that I want to tell the, the story, but I need to do it in a way that I felt like this is how it might have happened. Like Because when you talk about historical texts and stuff, there's so many nuances, so many added flair, so many flavors. And I want to like strip it all down. And the book is about a man who goes on a journey to find, uh, not the meaning of life, a higher truth of life, so to speak. And so that's what the story is about. And that's ultimately what, uh, of course, Siddhartha ends up discovering, which is what we know today as Buddhism. Uh, of course, you know, I'm so glad that you sort of enjoyed the book. It's a very daunting thing as an author. You work on a book for two years and you just put it out in the world. And especially something like a graphic novel, which can be very subjective. Mm -hmm. And so I've been working on this book for two and a half years, I would say, uh, because it's it's quite a big book. Uh, a lot of research was involved and I was writing and drawing as well. So that sort of adds to the tasks and uh, so glad to finally get it out there and yes <laughs> very much happy to see it getting in the hands of readers now yeah that's exciting i know uh with the uh, with the whole premise of the book like where did you get the idea of like hey i want to write i want to make this graphic novel about the buddha like where did that come from well, that's a very good question. I mean, because it, it is one of the uh, like primary sort of things. Uh, so I've been a graphic novelist for a couple of years, around three, four years before that, as in I did a self-published graphic novel. Uh, so I'm from Sri Lanka, as I said, and my first graphic novel is based on historical story, uh, which the country is known for. And I self-published that. And then I did a science fiction book, which I self-published as well. <laughs> Uh, but then, uh, oh, you got a, a pop. That's amazing. I love pops. Uh, so, uh, so then, uh, of course, uh, I was going to promote my second book uh, uh, at Emerald City Comic Con. And then, of course, COVID happened and the world came to a halt. Mm. And I was like much of the world. I was at home, working from home. And then the whole comic industry had come to a halt as well. And I was wondering, what could I do? Like, uh, at that point, I was unagented as well. And I was like, wondering, what's something that I could really spend some time now? Because I would be, looks like I would be at home for a while now. And then I've, I've been a Buddhist, uh, but I would say, like, I would, I wasn't, I was, how do you say this? Casual Buddhist, if that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so something that I always tell my friends and whoever wants to talk to me about this book, I'm not a good Buddhist, but I'll tell you the story about the Buddha. Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's so, one thing. That's one thing that struck me from the book. You know, talking with my my twin brother, like we, he's told me all about Buddhism and and uh, the the story of the Buddha, and it never really, I never really could see it. And like reading your book and seeing it played out with the graphics, like really made it make more sense in especially in like the the chronological order like what actually happened because sometimes when brian explains it it's like that sounds weirdly explained but okay but like when i saw it in the 
book it's like oh that makes sense like i guess that is how it happened that brian said it did <laughs> yeah i mean it it's sort of true with any historical religious text i mean right because there's so much content yeah. so much to read for so much to take inspiration from so as the pandemic hit i sort of i was like Okay, I, I did I, like doing the story of Buddha was not my like, it was not like, oh, well, let me just do the story. I was like, what story could I really adapt? And the story of Buddha, of course, was something that I really liked, really loved. And I remember like uh, back when I was in Sunday school as a kid, I was very inspired by those stories. Oh, we got this prince who has everything and he leaves them. Like, wow, why does he have to do that? Like, imagine like he had everything in his that he could ever ask for and he left that and sort of thing. And of course, it's quite interesting. The whole so for me, uh, the most uh, the question was, what's the angle that I want to approach the story from? So, uh, for me, it was more of a uh, it, it's a story about a family. It's sort of about the family dynamics, so to speak. As in, Siddhartha trying to uh, understand more about life, and then of course, it's a story about it's a love story in the sense it is a story about. Uh, mending relationships with your parents uh, so it's trying to bring the, all those angles together finding the human emotional aspect and of course translating that of course which you do not get to see in most religious texts because that's all about you know nuances and how this how 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 great it is I mean so to speak so it, discovering those was pretty amazing as in trying to bridge those gaps because not the, the religious texts do not have everything so that's sort of like came into play when I formulated this book. Yeah, I I I really appreciated how you fleshed out the the kind of uh relational struggles between Yasudara and Siddhartha and and it, that, that's such a unique approach, I think. I've I've never seen anything like that before uh when talking about the Buddhist journey. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <clears throat> I had a question um and you kind of touched on it how you wanted to adapt this the story you know in your own in your own way and something that really struck me reading this is it, it's very almost toned down and hu very humanized and when you read uh you know the traditional accounts you have mara and the devas and all these kind of supernatural elements um so i just wanted to know kind of your thought process on on not including those, on omitting those more uh, grander elements. Oh yeah, for sure. I think oh, something that I really wanted to do from the get-go was, of course, not involve any of the supernatural elements that we quite see in uh, the Buddhist text. Because I think uh, not having those, uh, primarily the reason I would say many of the supernatural elements exist is a reason uh is a result of uh historians of the day noting down the events of the day and like they try to add it in a like they try to make it grandeur so to speak because mm -hmm. remember this is like 2500 years ago and there was not much entertainment around so everything was written in a way that made sense made the character much more larger than life so i think that's where much of the supernatural elements come into play and so when i was even like trying to formulate the story i was for me what interested me was stripping them down back to the human story okay what is the story of this man who had everything this prince who had everything in his life that made him get married and he had a kid and then suddenly decide to go on a journey of self-discovery 
so that's that was the angle i wanted to go with and plus i figured that if i bring any of the supernatural elements in they it the story would have veered off to a different uh angle and it might add a layer which readers might not be able to connect with as well so that was mm -hmm. quite important as in so being uh to create a book and story where something which is very accessible and of course being grounded that was i think the main uh reason for me to approach it in that way Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I, it's really interesting to look at the traditional stories of, uh, you know, Mara facing off with the Buddha under the tree oh. uh, versus what you did, which was a beautiful introspective kind of journey through those realizations that it, it, it you know, it, it did what this what the traditional stories did, but more, yeah, I, I think, much yeah. more grounded. And, Exactly. I, the thing is, like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with those larger than life descriptions, the grandeur, the supernatural elements either. Like, I'm sure there's a version of the story where someone decides it can involve those and tell a very, very good story, a great story as well. It's just the way I approached it. It was just my narrative, uh, so to speak. Uh, but I mean, of course, there's like be a lot of beautiful art and paintings, media that has resulted out of those grandeur descriptions as well. So, I mean, it's not to ignore them either as well. Like, it's just trying to figure what's the best uh, narrative, uh, narrative like elements that I could use to tell this particular version of the story. Yeah, I think a lot of people these days would really connect with how you how you laid it out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something that we've seen in this generation, at least, is like moving towards more of a trying to connect with the audience through this different type of media one one thing that always uh, that this book for some reason reminded me of was um the the i don't know if we could say television series it's more of an online series now from a biblical perspective of uh the chosen and it's it's the series that shows the not really the life of jesus but the perspective from his disciples and um and it's been widely pop popular and one of the reasons what is from what i understand the creators of that try to use more of a human element they're almost afraid to touch like on the miracles that happened because it would take away from that that human element and that connection that they can have and i saw that like like brian said um it is like a little grounded and toned down and you can you can understand it more on a on a human perspective than like this grandiose idea of of um of like mara and like something more and uh something that you can sympathize with more um so and that was kind of one of my questions with the 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 medium that we're using to tell these stories now is um with the buddha's life at least I don't know if there are any like good movies or shows out there depicting the life of Buddha, but certainly like a graphic novel like this, has this ever done been done before? Is this kind of a new territory for the life of Buddha? Uh, so there's been uh, a very famous manga by Osama Tezuka, I think, uh, which has been, it's, it's like a seven or eight part manga, which adapted the life of Buddha, but that's a manga series though. Uh, in terms of graphic novel, I do not, think so uh even the manga series i haven't read uh but in terms of graphic novels i do not think 
anything like this exists for sure like in terms of like uh yeah in this format so that could be one of the first in the world i mean i, I don't want to claim that yet unless uh, like <laughs> someone comes out of the woodwork and let me know no it's not so <laughs> let's not go there but i think i do think it's one of the first uh ad adaptations of such yeah yeah I, I think like with seeing that kind of adaptation and like other tv series out there like with the chosen and everything we're seeing more of like a groundbreaking step into telling these stories and uh and having people understand them so i think having a graphic novel like this is a great is a is a great thing to have to continue that story and it, to preventing it from dying out like like so many other stories that become blah to some people especially with this generation that's hard to capture their attention for longer than five seconds uh, that's true that's true <laughs> i mean it's interesting because uh like the story of the buddha and any other religious figure like they've been around for like centuries in different mm -hmm. formats different ways books paintings uh then of course we got the movies and then now we're getting new media which is like graphic novels and online web series and what is interesting how each of those sort of add to the mythos because mm -hmm. like every every version has its has its own creative interpretation and approach so that is i think the most interesting thing about reading these adaptations or watching any adaptation of any sort of figure or any it doesn't have to be a religious figure any historical figure even so uh so it's it's sort of an interesting way to sort of keep that as you said the mythos alive and at the same way uh offer new perspectives of it to new audiences and get them to approach the material and be engaged with the material as well especially when it's of high quality i mean in the past we've always seen pretty low quality productions of whatever like whatever story they're trying to tell so when it comes out quality like that excites me like this is cool like someone actually like someone with enough talent actually gets it <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> instead of someone that doesn't have talent that wants to do the that wants to tell the story and it just is like okay I yeah. could have gone without seeing that <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there have been a lot of people who you know feel inspired by these stories and want to be able to you know convey how it if how it, important it is to them and how it impacts them and you know just maybe they they aren't gifted with a, a talent like you are sachi like i mean this is i think this is something special really hopefully hopefully i'll find out when the book comes out in a couple of months <laughs> Yeah, so when do when does this, do when does the book come out? Uh, so it releases on September twenty sixth, uh, around the world. So we got a few months to go. So pre orders are live right now. So uh, it's it's I've I've been promoting it, of course, everywhere on my socials, on my Instagram and Twitter. Uh, there are a couple of stores that are offering pre ordered uh, like uh, book plates, signed book plates. And of course, uh, if you order it through Books of Wonder at NYC, you get a bunch of swag as well nice awesome. that's awesome yeah okay um so it's out obviously in online sounds like you can pre-order get some cool stuff uh what what's after this for you uh once this 
gets released it's huge success what's what's next <laughs> well fingers crossed uh so <laughs> That's so I've, I've I've been working on this book for two and a half years or so to speak, as I said. So I the first thing I did after handing the final pages, it was I took a huge break from uh, from storytelling comics a bit. So I oh yeah, I did I did I did, I did some traveling, so to speak. And so I'm I've got as a creator, as a storyteller, I've always got a bunch of stories that I sort of want to engage with, want to develop at the same time. So there are a few ideas that I'm playing around with. There's nothing set in stone at the moment because I'm exploring what I want to do next. But knowing that it would take, I, I would be investing quite some time for my next book regardless. So it's something that I approach it very delicately now, knowing that how much effort went into mm. this book. So so yeah, yeah, but looking forward to it. I, and there's nothing set in stone, but I, I'm, it would be a graphic note for sure, but just exploring ideas. But right now, I'm just engaged in like trying to get the word out about this book, reaching out to every possible person that I could know would help, and hopefully, yeah, get this book out and hear some good words about it. That's awesome. I have to ask. There's, there's so so much, uh, so many stories and teachings of the Buddha. Um, I mean plenty of material there is there going to be a sequel? a lot a lot okay so I, I there's no sequel plan for the moment but i do agree there's so much material so when i when i went on my research like something that really uh so there for quite a few things that i learned out of this entire process mm. uh so the first thing was finding out so i'm uh, i'm from sri lanka i'm a buddhist from sri lanka so the text that i primarily engaged with once the sanskrit text and the adapted translated texts that were in Sinhalese, uh, which were quite a bit uh, like the versions that we exposed to growing up. But as I was researching for the project, I found out how those some of the same texts like would have slightly different variations in different countries, which were other primarily Buddhist, uh, like Buddhist countries. Like for instance, like some anecdotes, like the characters, they would say, oh, this character was from this region. But the same text from a different country would say, oh, this character was from that region. So, like, it's, it's these little nuances that you realize how history has sort of been a huge part in these stories and cultures as well, like, trying to make this mythos and narrative Buddha their own. And so there's, like, so, as you said, so much material. There's, like, because, like, even the origin texts of these were, like, not Sanskrit. They were, like, they were adapted from regional dialects. So you got texts that were adapted to Sanskrit and then get adapted to any other localized language and then we read them in English. So you can see that there could be steps where, of course, the meaning gets lost along the way. So it's like, I, of course, I wasn't trying to translate the original text. I was like trying to find what is the sense of these stories? What is, what's the sense of the text and adapt them, so to speak. But it was an interesting experience in, in learning that, okay, th this is how cultures engage with something this big and this huge uh, i mean it was uh, it, it, there's as i said like a lot of stuff to engage on like i had to pick and choose which materials i had to okay i'm mm. going to take this story from this book that's it okay this text from this uh, section that's i'm going to adapt this and of course finally bridging all of those into a cohesive uh, and interesting intriguing story yeah yeah i loved how you could incorporate like the story of Kisa Gotami into this narrative. And yeah. um, I mean, I'm just like kind of 
tickled by some of the even just kind of what I, I felt like were little Easter eggs, just like a mention of Anatapindika and yes. his park. And yes. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I love that yeah, so, that made it in so, there. <laughs> exactly. So uh, there are quite a few Easter eggs. Like if you're a Buddhist and read the book, there are quite a few Easter eggs that yeah. I, I I plotted in here and there because I like I would. There's no way I could have done the entire story of the Buddha in one single book or even two for that matter it would take i would guess if i had to if i was really forced to do uh the entire mythos i think would take at least four or five books for sure and yeah yeah. because because there's so much material so much stories so much great uh like little anecdotes and i had to cut down so much because of the Mm. length of the as well to keep to make sure i was with the length and uh like I think one story which I really would have loved to have, but of course it didn't fit with the narrative I wanted to say and it, it would have been out of place was the story of Angulimala. I which, was just thinking that, yeah. Yes, it's such it's one of my favorite stories about the Buddha and one of in terms of uh, stories that happened during his lifetime. And of course it, did, it didn't make sense to have it. It was, it was never part of the outline as well. But while making this book, I did think uh, there's a sequel. I mean... <laughs> it, it could be there, but I, unless I find an angle where a sequel really makes sense, I do not think a sequel will happen. But there's so yeah. much. If I if I do decide to do that, there's so much story still left to say. That's awesome. Yeah, and Gulamala is just such a such a colorful, dramatic story. Yes. It would work very, so well. Very, it's it's such a it's it's such a nice story, and the whole angle of it and the outcome of it. it there's so many visual interesting visual elements. That's why. So that's the thing for me. I think in visual. I mean, mm. of course, I have the narrative aspect as well, but for me, I, when I think of subjects primarily, well, how does it look visually? Okay, so Angulimala was one of those things. And of course, uh, as you said, the journey of, you know, uh, Siddhartha going to Buddha, there's this, in my book, as you've seen, there's this whole chapter for it where mm. things get much more ascended and transcendent, so to speak. Uh, so so that those are little things that I really enjoy working on and enjoyed working throughout this book. So how how did you get into making graphic novels, writing graphic novels? That's oh, aside, I mean, aside from uh, what seems like a huge project to do one, like how does how do you get into that? Like how did you? What's the origin story there? Okay, that's uh, so I've I've been reading comics as a kid, a fan of them, uh, and I've been drawing as well. So I was like drawing, you know, as any kid would do like drawing superheroes and for a while I was doing digital illustration I was doing these pinups like for fun and everything and at the same time on the side at the time I was doing uh, short films I was uh, I was doing I was writing and directing my own short films which uh, did quite well as in they played in film festivals and I did like four of them uh, they played in like Germany South Korea in US as well at the Phoenix Film Festival indie film festival and so i had this journey of so that's when i sort of developed my love for storytelling and at the same time on the side i was doing my illustration work as well and quite a few friends of mine told me like why don't you try making a comic and i was like yeah that makes sense let me just give it a go because it didn't occur to me like yeah i can draw and i could tell stories why don't i like bring that together so it was my friends who were like just why don't you like try telling a comic and making a comic so that's how I made my first self-published book, Lion Born, which uh, pretty much what I'm known for back home because it was like the first English language graphic novel to come out of my country. Uh, so, But I took like two and a half years to make that book because it was a lot of research, a lot of 
as in like how to make a graphic novel. <laughs> so mm. there's a lot of trial and errors. So, so it took me a while, uh, but I find that's how I came. Uh, the graphic novel journey came to be. Wow. So you mentioned comic books, graphic novels. For a for someone that's not familiar with those, what are what's the difference between those two? So it's quite interchangeable, but they are. It's more of a format uh, definition at this point. So comics are more def- referred to the the word is floppies, the single issues that you'd find in stores. I mean, that's generally used, uh, comics. And you could, of course, use it for the collected editions as well. But when someone says graphic novels, the term is more, it's it's more of an elevated term and more referred to the collected editions of those comics. Uh, and it's more of a standalone stories, like you would say books like Watchmen, or if you like, so Persepolis or Mouse, like those books which have more of a concise and standalone format to it are referred as graphic novels as opposed to comics, comic books. Okay. I mean, of course, someone can completely interchange those terms. Like, this is just my <laughs> interpretation and my understanding of it. But someone could come and say, no, uh, Watchmen is a comic too. It is a comic, of course, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I think I've only owned one. I've, I used to like read Star Wars comics as a kid. Oh, nice. Um, okay. But I... I owned one graphic novel, and that was The Hobbit. Uh, it was oh. graphic novelized. It was really great. And I always called okay. it the comic book Hobbit. But yeah, like yeah. later on in life, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a graphic novel, not a comic book. <laughs> um, so I think this might be my first ever graphic novel that I've owned <laughs> Oh, and read, right. actually. <laughs> okay. First of many, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm still in awe that this only took you like two and a half years to, to make, though. Oh. It's Wow. <laughs> It's yeah. I mean, it it is still a lot of work though. I mean, because I was doing I was I was doing my day job as well. Like I'm a I'm experiential designer by trade. Uh, I'm a wow. design lead now. So, uh, so I was like this thing was my site. Uh, like I would spend a few hours per day only, not the full day, but still managed to get it happen. And quite proud wow. of uh, what what we managed to put together. That's so impressive. <laughs> Cheers. No kidding. Remind our listeners and viewers where we can find this book when it's released. Um, and so they can check it out and then we can link it in uh, in, uh, in the show notes and everything too. All right. Wonderful. So Enlightened comes out on September 26th. Uh, it's uh, currently available for pre-order online and anywhere that sells books. Uh, you could find direct links on all of my social sites on Instagram, which my handle is uh, slash root as in R O U T E three four five, and on my Twitter as well. Uh, all the pre-order links are on my bio over there, and of course there are a few stores that are doing uh, pre-order campaigns where you can get a signed book plate, and if you order from Books of Wonder New York you will get a personalized signed book plate along with a bunch of swag as well. Uh, so that's where you can get my book right now. And hopefully you get it and find it interesting. And if you do like it, please re- leave a review over at Goodreads or any other f- f- platform that you purchased it from. So people can get it as well and know that it's a book that was worth your time. Awesome. Absolutely. I highly recommend... <laughs> All of you watching to pre-order this or order it, it is an amazing, amazing book. 
yeah do consider pre-ordering the because that does helps uh us authors because oh, the pre-order yeah. sort of helps uh the publisher gauge the numbers and sets up a like it, it's good <laughs> that's that's yeah. that's, no that's the way to go about it pre-orders help so please do pre-order and of course i'd like to uh like drop in a few thank yous to some of some of the folks who helped this to help me make this book uh, help uh come to life uh first of all of course my agent uh gordon bernock from fuse who was the first person to believe in this project and knew that there was something special here and then, of course, my editor over at Athenium, Eliza Liu, and my art director who worked on this, Greg, uh, who both worked with me throughout the entire two and a half year period to make this book a reality. So, and of course, my, Alex, who has been helping with everything to help me promote this book, uh, which is quite a crucial part, which I'm discovering now, and of course, getting the word out. So thank you guys, and I'm really uh, looking forward to sharing this book with the world and see how it goes that's awesome thank you so much uh it looks like our time is about up so i just want to thank you so much for coming on here and talking about enlightened and of course yes. thank you for having me this was really fun i think i mean you know this is the first uh, podcast thing i'm doing so quite excited i'm, I'm really glad uh, that it was with the, you guys it was fun Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much yeah thanks for being with us everybody listening and watching this is sachi with enlightened check it out um i think from here i, I this will be the end of the episode so yep. <laughs> this has been the baptist and the buddhist with mark and brian and sachi and, and sachi <laughs> all right we will, <laughs> thank we will you guys see y'all next time cheers bye